0: All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, We're down here, or I'm down here. I wish Susan was here with me, but uh, down here in uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. Actually, I'm at Orange Beach, Alabama, but uh, they're all kind of the same. uh, We run close to each other here. But uh, I put on the uh, living vine that we were going to have God Stories 8 o'clock Central. I'd forgotten I was at Central Time. But, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the kindness of God. Um, and I've been thinking this morning, pondering this morning, some of the things that have changed my life the most, you know, um, other than some of the visitations that I've had, uh, you know, by the Lord himself, um, they have been probably that's, they probably trumped a lot of my the other things that I've had, I've had a lot of encounters with other things, you know, that were from heaven, uh, which are very rare. Uh, I can tell you that. Um, but when they do happen, when things like that do happen to us, it changes us. Uh if it doesn't change you, something's wrong, you know, but, uh, I was thinking about the kindness of God and how kind God has been to me, uh, not only when I've been in, you know, doing well, but, uh, when God has been kind to me when I'm doing bad or when I'm doing, uh, when things are going bad, when I'm, my mind is in turmoil, um, I feel like I'm about to lose it. Uh, the times that God was kind to me, uh, that I can remember during some incidences, he used other people and you know a lot of times we're looking for a visitation from the lord but uh, the way we're trained in this westernized world you know to get a visitation we're looking for you know a halo a man with a halo over his head uh coming to us and uh have a white garment and so forth uh, and a lot of times that doesn't happen that way you know most of our visitations from the lord come in major humility and they don't come, you know, with shiny objects. In other words, it doesn't come in to where it's just uh, huge and, and glamorous and lights and so forth. Most of your high level stuff that come to to us, if we can ever catch it, comes in great humility. The reason I say that, one of the foundations of that is God himself came to us. He humbled himself and he humbled all of those, that glory and stuffed himself in a human being, and he came in an earthen vessel, you know, and you had to really be watching in order to recognize it uh Peter got to first the first man that be, was able to get that revelation was uh was peter he looked looked past the man and uh and saw uh the Lord, which uh I think that's awesome. Uh, I've tried to recognize that myself, but, uh, but most of the time that I've had some of these things that, that are from the kindness of God has really been a lot of times from uh, mankind. Uh, i remember the soup, a couple of supernatural things where God, while I was struggling in life, uh, we had two children and didn't have any money, you know, and, and, uh, you wake up the next morning worried about how you're going to feed your kids. And then there's a hundred dollars in the center of your living room. You know, um, uh, a lot of people, you know, thinks, well, that's just, you know, that's good. Praise God. But if you've ever been in dire straits and then God supplies for you when you're in dire straits, um, uh, It's a lot big it's a it's a bigger miracle for you. It's a bigger miracle for that person. Because when you show kindness to a person when either the public feels like or man's opinion feels like they don't deserve it, or when you show kindness at the moment when someone feels as though they don't deserve it at all themselves, or when kindness slips into your life when you feel like you're going to hell in a handbasket it's a miracle. It's, it's something that lights you up. It changes your life when the kindness of God shows up when you're down or when you're rejected. I remember, I remember going through a, a major trial a few it lasted for about two or three years, but, uh, I'm going through a major trial and when it first hit, I had no one, uh, to really help me. And I remember getting the first call from someone, uh, that lives in Wilmington. His name was Rick Stoker. And that first call, uh, when that first call came across the, the, uh, phone and he, and he said, why don't you come here and just stay at my house? Uh, it was like a lifeline, uh, because I, at that point I, I thought I was just a down and outer. I wasn't going to make it. My whole life was in shambles. And someone calls and reaches out, and that to me was a greater miracle than seeing me actually healed physically. It it touched my life, and I'll never I'll never forget it as long as I live. You just do not forget things of that nature. I remember uh, while I was going through uh, this great trial, <coughs> and during the midst of it my dog died and which was one of my favorite dogs. His name was Harrison and, uh, he was a Corgi Welsh Corgi. And, uh, I had to, I was holding him in my arms in the back of a vet, uh, um, pet place. And, and I had to watch him die in my arms, you know, while I'm going, it seems like everything was just going to death and, and, uh, and I remember just crying because I, not only was, you know, my favorite pet was dying, but, uh, and I had to watch him die, but everything around me had left. And I remember thinking, I wish someone was here with me and I'll, I'll never forget. I was trying to find after a, he had died, we'd put him, you know, in a, 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 like a a box, they'd put him in a nice little thing to where I could bury him. And I, I couldn't find a place And my mind was just in, in a uh, desperate turmoil. I mean, I was, I wish, uh, I was wishing somebody could help me actually think, I don't know if you've ever been there where your mind is so crazy. You can't think, and I was trying to find a place to bury him and I called a friend and I was a little bit sheepish and he said, why don't you bring him up here? And we'll bury him together. And so I brought him up to uh, Moravian Falls. and But him just saying, why don't you bring him up here, uh, caused there to be a relief. As though, you know, there was a, a love line. There was something about him that cared enough, to uh, not only for me, but he cared enough that he knew that he needed to care for this dog for me. And he did. He, he I couldn't handle it. And he ended up burying it for me. I had to walk off and he buried it for me and, uh, made a little bit, a little, a little memorial, uh, for me, for the dog, uh, that kind of stuff touches your life. It never changes, uh, that, that when it hits you, that kind of love from people and from God basically hits you when you, when you desperately need it at that time, you never forget those moments. And that's the way it was, uh, you know, with Jesus hanging out with Jesus, when he, um, uh, attacks your life or when he comes in and is kind at the moment when you feel like there is no kindness, it, there's a miracle that goes on that, that changes your heart. I remember, uh, particularly one incident, uh, uh with God. Uh, as far as the supernatural is concerned, the way the spirit, uh, spoke to me, I remember I was building our house and I hardly ever want to build a house again because it was just total, total turmoil, turmoil. But anyway, we won't go there. I'll start twitching. But, uh, I remember I was, I was invited at the time I was, I was pastoring up in Moravian Falls and we were building our house on a mountain there. Uh Buck Petty was gracious enough to uh sell us some land. And uh it was really the Lord that we were supposed to be there. I mean, it was all supernatural. Maybe we can talk about that one day. Some things that's happened to me in Moravian Falls, some God things. But uh I remember uh building this home, and yet when you're building a home, you know, you're worried about subcontractors, you're worried about this, you're worried about that, and there was a lot of strain uh, that was going on, uh, in my life at that moment. I was trying to run here, run there. And, and, uh, and I, but yet I was invited at that same time to come speak at a conference. And I was really upset. I was upset inside. Of course, I didn't show it on the outside. Uh, you know, you try to, you know, keep a good upper lip, but, uh, we'll get real one day. But anyway, uh, I remember coming down off the mountain from running an errand and I was going to my, to where they were building the house and I'd been running errands all day. And the next day I was supposed to be going to, uh, that conference. And I, that day I'd actually set aside to actually go up to the worship center and, and, uh, pray with the Lord and see if the Lord wants to talk to me about, uh, what to say and what he wants to share at this conference, and uh, I remember feeling guilty. I don't know if you've ever felt guilty uh, when you feel like, man, you've got a mandate with God, and you've got to do something. You know, you got to do it right. And and uh, I tend to be my, you know, my worst enemy. Of course, we all send, tend to be our worst enemies. And uh, and I remember coming down off that mountain feeling guilty and and frustrated because everything was taking my time from uh being with the lord and listening to the lord and the lord wasn't even talking to me during the day i was asking lord please just talk to me i'm sorry i just i've I've been so busy and and but yet you know two days before i was with him and praying and so forth and hanging out with him but this day was just a particular day that uh was just rattling me and i said why aren't you talking to me as i was coming down off that mountain or coming down the mountain and about to turn left on our driveway. Why aren't you talking to me? You know, and I was just frustrated. And then as I was frustrated and saying, why aren't you talking to me? I'd say, Oh, I'm sorry, Lord, for getting frustrated, you know, and I felt condemned for being frustrated at him. And you know how all that goes. You know, we don't talk about a lot of that, you know, to other people. Uh, and suddenly he just interrupted me, you know, just interrupted all of my swirl all of the storm that was in my mind because I was feeling so guilty because I wasn't hearing the Lord and I felt like it was on my part. And, and I had all this stuff going on in my life that, you know, really I needed to get done. It wasn't like I was not trying to be with him. I wanted to be with him, but I was, I had all this stuff just to hit. And, uh, and I remember as soon as I said, why aren't you talking to me? He interrupted right there he just stopped and just I guess he stopped you know I just that's what it felt like he said Brad he fit, he said if I was to speak to you while you're trying to get these things done you would run up to the worship center and you would and and spend time with me and you wouldn't be able to get done what you need to get done he said so I'm waiting because you need to get this done. And I just, I mean, i it's like I locked the brakes. Because I felt, how can I say it? I felt the consideration and the gentleness and the kindness of God to, to come upon my life, upon my car. And i I couldn't believe that God was considering my life. You know, we always are considering his, we're trying to make him plea, you know, trying to please him. And we're, things are pushing us to try to please him. And, but yet at that moment, God was staying quiet because he knew if he started speaking to me, I would stop to listen and I wouldn't get the things that I needed to get done before i left to go to the conference and in and, and after he said that he said brad i will speak to you after you get these things done it, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing at that time i'll speak to you but you get these things done and i lost it uh and i and i know that sounds very uh simple stupid but you're talking about a god story i i never thought that god would consider My life, I guess I was just dumb, you know, uh, uh, because I, I was always pushed the opposite direction, you know, and a lot of us, sometimes when God's not speaking to us, uh, things are quiet and we're really trying to live a godly life and, and we'll find ourselves wondering why, why isn't God speaking? It could be that he doesn't need to speak. He he's allowing you to live life and get things done. You know, and he's maybe even enjoying your company, you know, uh, during that, that hour or during those weeks or during that month, heck, I've had God speak one time for a whole year. And then after about eight months, I was frustrated and I asked the Lord, I, and I was driving in the car. I said, I said it again. I said, why haven't you been speaking to me? You know, I thought I was in sin. You know, I've been, I don't know if you've repented 25,000 times, just see if you can hear God again, but, uh, I've done that. And uh, and I remember the Lord after eight months, he said one thing. I said, why aren't you speaking to me? And he said, I've just been enjoying your company. That's crazy. That God would want to just sit and enjoy the company of who you are. Be with you. You know, a good friend, you know, does that. He doesn't have to have attention, a a real good, a real close friend, uh, real friends just enjoy that they're with you. They don't pull on you. They, they want to just be with you. They enjoy your company. Those are true friends. And that's a true friend, Jesus. And I've got very few that, that have that, but that, but, uh, that just want to enjoy my company. Most of the time, you know, people want something from you and, uh, it's, it's pleasant. And it'll change your life—the the consideration and the kindness of God. And there's a there's a couple of stories uh, that I've pulled up that really have, uh, I guess, changed my life because I've watched this uh, not only in my life of how God treats me, but I, I've I've been able to find it in the in the Bible. And I, I truly believe the way God treated people changed them more than him doing some type of mystic power out of his hands or, you know, uh, the, the way that we do it these days, doesn't really even look like Jesus. Uh, uh, but the, and I won't even go into that, but, uh, but if you can see how Jesus ministered, he was considering people, you know, there's one scripture I pulled up here, uh, because I've wondered, you know, every time, the Lord would pray, he, his prayers would be answered. They're being even answered right now, you know. When he prays one time for a, a person to be healed, that prayer is constantly going on, you know, and it will touch someone. Uh, but And I've wondered, you know, why is it that, you know, his prayers were never hindered? Uh, yes, was he the son of God? Absolutely. But was he human? Yes. He, had the, he was tempted in the same things that we were tempted but yet overcame them uh, for our sake so that we can have a pr- high priest that can sympathize with us. But there's a scripture in here where it talks about husbands loving their wives. And he showed me a principle or a heart that he has, uh, toward his bride and, uh, toward people. And he considers these people in this world to be part of his bride. And of course, you're not going to treat your bride uh, you know, uh, in a bad way, you want to consider her, you want to consider that person. And uh, it says this in First Peter 3, 7, it says, husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding. Now that he is talking about wives here, but he's also, this is a principle, even treating people. It's not just treating uh, people, uh, your wife, but it's also treating people that you may not even know, that you may want to judge, that you may not like. Uh, We've got to start uh, dwelling with them with understanding. And it says giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Now get that one that your prayers may not be hindered. And, and I look at this thing and I think, man, the Lord was this way toward not only me, but he was this way to people in the Bible, you know, that he was, he was understanding and he was giving more honor to people than he was Him his own self. I mean, my goodness, he gave his whole life to us you know, and considered us over himself, man, can you imagine how our prayer life would change? How our prayers would not be hindered if we were doing the same and considering one another as he considered us. And, uh, there's a couple of wonderful, uh, um, stories in, in, in the Bible. And it's I'm going to read one and I won't keep us too long. Uh, but I love this one because this one, Jesus, I would imagine, probably offended a lot of people when this happened because it was totally out of the box, but yet he actually wanted to go and eat with someone, go and hang out with the person. And it was Zacchaeus. Y'all you know, remember Zacchaeus. And, and uh, I love Zacchaeus because that guy, he nobody liked him because he was basically a, a chief tax collector. I mean, how would you like to start really loving people, especially the IRS? I mean, can you imagine uh, being able to call up someone that everybody hates or or you walk by someone that everybody can't stand and you have no fear in you about what everybody else is thinking? The only thing you can feel and have is the love for that one person. And it draws you to want to be with the very person that all society cannot stand that in itself would cause a revival. <laughs> it would cause a revival, but it would also cause probably a terrible religious war, you know, against the judges, you know, that are out there. And, uh, and it says in verse, uh, in Luke 19, it says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Oh, Jericho! My gosh, that's where the walls came down, isn't it? So we're about to see major walls come down, uh, and and a lot of people are walls manifesting. <laughs> and it says, "Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Now, he's one that gets your money. He's the one that come and collects your money, and he's rich." Have y'all ever had people like, have y'all ever seen people like that in life where, man, they're being blessed or, or, uh, they, they have a great ministry and they're, they're rich as well, you know, or, you know, they have a, they have a business and they're rich as well, but yet their character to you just irritates the dog out of you. Uh, this is kind of like Zacchaeus, you know, he's a chief tax collector. He's the one that comes and gets your money, knocks on your door to come get the money, which nobody likes giving their money, you know, away. And we won't get into that, but we got to give to Caesar. What is Caesar's? But, but here's a, here's a guy that cannot, the society can't stand. And here's Mr. Love himself because love has no opinion. It just loves it. Love has no hooks. Uh, he's not about to tell Zacchaeus, Hey, I'll come to your house. If you'll do this, he's actually, Jesus is about to look at him and he's actually wanting to be with someone that we can all stand. You get it? Isn't that something the very ones that you can't stand is probably the very ones where God's going to actually visit. Cause they need it more than we, de- he won't definitely won't come to our house because we have all this pride and judgment. And we sit on the throne instead of letting him sit on the throne, but, uh, here's Jesus. And, and Zacchaeus is seeing Jesus and says, and, and, he, and it says, and, and he sought Zacchaeus and he sought to see who Jesus was and crazy. He sought to see who Jesus was. Here's a man in society that's wanting to find out who Jesus is and he's trying to look for Jesus and he, he's, he knows he's coming and he's seeking to see who Jesus was. What do you mean? How can you seek to see who Jesus was? I mean, if you really think about that, he's not able, he's not able to spend time with him. You got to, if you really want to know who Jesus is, you got to spend time with him, right? But so he, he gets desperate. And he says, but he could not uh he could, he could not because of the crowd, for he was of a short statue. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. Here's a man that's wanting to see Jesus. Oh. Man, there's a lot of people out there that are in, that are short in stature. In other words, their idea, their, their identity has been crammed. They're they've been shortened by society. Nobody likes them because of what they do or, or, uh, the way that they walk in life, you know, and they've just been, their whole life has been stumped, but there could it be that, you know, people are looking for Jesus, but there's not one there because they're they're looking to us they're looking to see what jesus is like but yet if if i continue to judge them uh they won't be able to see jesus and and uh man i've been asking the lord to change my heart on this stuff because there are people out there that i know i know i've judged in my own mind they may be wanting to look for jesus they want me to find jesus and jesus is waiting on me to change so that they can actually see him and so he says, "He ran up, climbed up on into a sycamore tree, and uh, to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, and come down for today I must stay at your house <laughs> A bomb goes off, say a bomb goes off, a uh, bomb goes off. Just that one statement, a bomb went off. Now, I mean, probably 80% of the re- uh, crowd, including me. I would have. uh, what? he just took my uh, taxes last week. You want to go have a visit You Lord. You're giving a visitation to somebody I can't stand. Jesus wasn't just religiously coming to him to try to change him. Jesus was literally wanting to come and hang out with him. Isn't that awesome? You know, we all know that Jesus wouldn't do what he's unless he wouldn't do anything unless he saw the father doing it. So it was not only Jesus, but this is the father's attitude too. He wants to hang out with this guy. Oh, it's crazy. And just that in itself, I'm sure, caused Zacchaeus' heart to really see God in a human form. Man, we need that. There was a total identity shift in this man because another man loved him. Another man loved him he saw god when god when this man jesus loved him and wanted to come and hang out with him and i love this so he so he made haste i'm sure he did he made haste and came down he probably slid down that tree and had thorns running up his legs you know uh and received him joyfully and i'm sure half the crowd was going <laughs> I just can't believe him, you know, and I'm sure Zacchaeus could feel the tension in the air because, you know, not too many tax collectors got friends. I'm going to tell you, uh, do you have that kind of thing going on in your life? You know, not too many friends, you know, do you know people that don't have too many friends? Their character may be wrong and that, but yet God's, you know, blessing them, but you don't have a clue what they do in secret because you're going to find out what this man does, but nobody else knew about it until he opened his mouth, you know, but everybody was judging Zacchaeus based on his actions toward them, even in this, in the business field, as far as taxes is concerned. So they judged him. They didn't like him. They didn't like the way he treated people or or treated, uh, them because of, you know, he's a tax collector. You know, most of us get upset when people don't do it our way. You know, y'all ever watch guys on TV and, you know, they're just not doing it the way that you think it should be going. And so you instantly judge them. We won't get into that. So it says when they saw it, it says, but when they saw it, they all complained. Oh man, I've been here where the love of God is hitting a man that I consider it shouldn't be doing. He shouldn't be being blessed by God. The kindness of God turns and sees Zacchaeus and wants to come and visit him. See, that's what Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus is having the same heart change as I did. When the Lord said, said I, you know, that He wasn't talking to me because He needed I needed to get all that stuff done. He felt that same spirit. He felt that same kindness to rapture his heart and joy came over his life. My God, finally, somebody cares even where I'm at, not just trying to change me. Somebody actually cares for me, which causes there to be a change. And it says when they complain, uh, they saying he has gone to be a guest with a man who has is a center is a sinner, you know, and, uh, there's no telling how many times I've considered that even my own life, man, I'm just a, uh, God's really not going to ever use me again because I mean, I'm, I've really messed up and then the God just hit me. The spirit of God come in and it's like, take me up in his arm, take me to the throne and have a real visitation with the father. And suddenly I'm like undone because at the moment that I thought I was disqualified is the moment that God picked me up and said, no, you're qualified. What I say, it goes. And that kindness hit you and it raised you up. And it says, then Zacchaeus stood, said he stood. I love that because He's now feeling strong because he finally is accepted among uh, this man named Jesus. And it says, then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. Oh man, I'm sure conviction hit him. They were judging him based on the outside. They didn't know really the heart of this man. They were judging him because they never got to know him. That's the problem with a lot of society today. We judge people from afar, but, but we're afraid to actually go in and really be with them and actually get to know them. Like Peter says, you know, what we read, dwell with them with understanding. In other words, get to know them, understand them. Then you will know them. Then you will understand really their life. But most of the time we judge from afar, don't we? And it says, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I'll restore fourfold. In other words, he has actually done wrong before, but he's made up for it. But nobody can see that. Isn't it amazing? If you'll love someone like Jesus is doing here and Jesus is wanting to come and just get to know the guy. It causes the man to open up about his life and Jesus is able to know him and understand him. And not only that, they open up. This man is opening up to society in the midst of all of them while they're complaining. And he's opening his whole heart up in front of everybody He's explaining his good things, and he's explaining how the bad things he's done and showing everybody who he is, but most of these people are not going to open up to society and show us who they really are because we are not accepting them we're not in other words, we're not uh going to them and, and understanding them we're not visiting them as Jesus is. Yes, are there people out there do bad? Yes, but go and visit them. Can you imagine? If we started doing like what Jesus did, instead of judging them from afar, maybe they would start opening up and actually getting free, like this is Zacchaeus is doing. And I'm sure he's had to hold his tongue uh, during all of this in his life and feeling beat up. And this, and I love this. And I, he said, "I restore fourfold." And Jesus said to him, "Today, today, salvation has come to this house." Because he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Oh my gosh! Could Zacchaeus had been a a jewel in the Father's kingdom, yet it was lost because man had rejected it and put it away somewhere. Oh, salvation has come. Could the salvation be the love of God? Could it be Christ himself? You know, could we see salvations come to people because we love them with no hooks or pinions? Could we be kind, you know, and just out of the blue for people, because just out of the blue, Jesus is being kind just out of the blue. This man's in a tree I wouldn't have, I mean, I don't know about you, but if I've got a crowd following me, I would be more considered, you know, I would be puffed up and thinking, man, this is God. Hallelujah. You know, and I've got a great ministry. The anointing is here, you know, and he stopped, Jesus stops and consider, looks up and considers this Zacchaeus, which everybody can't stand and says, Hey, I'm, I'm going to come to your house, man. I'd love to have that kind of sensitivity, And to be able to, in the midst of the heights of the anointing or the heights of my life, like Jesus is here, I could stop and have the sensitivity to be able to pick one out of the crowd that's desperate that maybe nobody likes and just visit with them. It's crazy. Revival went on this day. Deliverance went on this day. People that had judged saw the kindness of God through a man. And they, it it changed them. A lot of these people weren't seeing Jesus as God. They were just seeing him as, as Jesus, the carpenter boy or the miracle maker. And they thought that's the way he should be just that. Then they saw another attribute to shift in the man to show them that not only God loves all humanity, but mankind can do the same. Mankind can have that same type of heart. And I'm sure a lot of them were convicted because of the love that he cared that he had for this man. And I'm sure some rejected and walked off. I've had that. Where I've loved people that most societies would, couldn't stand. They judged from afar. And they end up hating me. But that's okay. We've got to love. And I'm telling you, we're about to see this. Man's looking for Jesus, like Zacchaeus. They're climbing the the heights they're trying to climb as far as they can. They're trying to get up into that place to where they they can see Jesus, and it's in man. It's in mankind. That's why Jesus came as a man. He's trying to show us God is going to show Himself in mankind. He's going to raise up a people that will have the same nature. We won't be really looking for the lights. And the glory of a stage or trying to get to our big calling to be a prophet or a evangelist or apostle or a big shot, you know, in business, we'll be wanting to just help people and love them. Those that have been rejected for years, we got to get there. There was major stuff that went on in this crowd that is unspoken. You can see it by the atmosphere of what they're standing in. And man, I have had the Lord change my atmosphere by being kind, not by doing a great big miracle. The greatest miracle is for God to change your heart. We can do all the stuff, but man, can your heart change? Even Jesus went to his hometown. And so they were so familiar with him. He says, you know, he he could not do many miracles, but he healed a few. The greatest miracles is changing a man's heart. He couldn't change their heart. You can do a lot of miracles, but man, if you change a heart, man, that is a miracle. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, Keep going after Jesus, man. he He's better than you think. He considers your life. He wants to be with you. And I just pray that, that even when you read the Bible or even when you look back on your life, you can see where you miss those little visitations of the kindness of the Lord. But if you look at them and you see them, you'll still reap them. So. Love you guys. Grace, Grace. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Stacy, Lydia, Donna, all those guys out there. I know Susan was on. Love you, baby. I'll see you Wednesday. But uh, pray for us, too. Consider us as we consider you. We pray for you guys. Pray for us. Thank you for your support. Uh, We're down here with Paul Keith Davis, and we did a webinar yesterday. It was fun. And, uh, he's a good friend. We're hoping to have him up at the father's house here soon. Uh, but we'll let that, we'll talk about that later and announce that. But, uh, he's a good buddy and the Lord's really released him to be able to, uh, come out of the cave, but, uh, it's going to be a good time. We're all coming out of our cave, aren't we? All right. All right. Thank you. And oh, and if you ever want to follow us on our website, you know, they're putting our web guys puts our videos up on our website or YouTube, livingvineministries.org, or you can look up our channel, uh, Ministries on YouTube. of course we're here on Facebook, as you know, but, uh, love you guys. Love you Fallon. Grace to you. I hope you're doing well. Can't wait to see you at the end of this month. Lord so I'll see you soon. All right. Love you, Julie. Hang in there, girl. You're going to make it. (laughs) All right. We'll see you later. All right. Bye-bye.